Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to an extra special birthday edition of Thrash and Treasure, or as I like to call it in my fantasies, Three Guys Naked from the Waist Down. <laughs> Speaking of waist, I'm Aaron, and I'm joined, as usual, by my platonic heterosexual pod-partnering man-friend Gareth. Oh. How you doing, kiddo? Great, yes. I always get thrown by your um, introductions. Oh, good. And, you know, but no, thank you for pointing out my heterosexuality, in case anyone was... Um, Slightly confused. <laughs> well, it was Gareth, the wicked bitch of the West, but I thought you were, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got bitchiness cornered. Oh, so. thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> That's like the nicest thing you have ever said to me in like eight years. There we go. How was your week? Um, Good. Yes. Yeah. Good. Because, yeah, oh. yeah, no, no. Really? It's a little bit. We had a beautiful weekend and um, on the day we we're recording it, uh, Bucketing down with rain in Perth, so which oh, is good, is you know. So we get to say things like, "Well, it's good for the garden," and you know, the lawn's loving it, and and all that, all that sort of horse shit. But um, no, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, no, I love the rain. I love to put like tin cans, like coffee cans and stuff like that, outside my bedroom window and listen to the percussion. Oh, so romantic. At night, it's lovely. Yeah. No, I really like the rain. It's refreshing. Well, I've actually had a really productive week. I wrote three more pages of my next novel. Yay, oh, good. Golf claps. Uh, pat on the back, me. I actually got off my ass and sat down and actually wrote something that wasn't podcast stuff. Uh, and also, in good news, I've reached 1,000 classrooms with my educational materials. Oh, wow. Uh, that's all sort of acting drama stuff. So that's a lot of students. Their futures are being screwed up by me. So I guess I can feel good about that. And one of my plays reached 500. So that's pretty cool. I mean, other stuff's got different numbers as as well, but those those two milestones, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty wrapped with because, you know, I've I've learned a lot over the years and now I get to pass on that through educational means not just by sitting there boring people with stories and anecdotes. That's what this podcast is for. They're ca- so, yeah. They're, they're going into the arts. They're, their futures are <laughs> fucked anyway. Anyways, guess what? We have another diva in the studio today. Oh, nice. But I must warn you all, do not look directly into those eyes, <laughs> nor that smile, or that jawline, not those arms, and certainly never that. Wait, where was I? <laughs> Didn't you have somewhere to be, Gareth? <laughs> Anyways, when our next guest isn't spinning around Gander <laughs> as Kevin T in the Australian company of Come From Away. Oh, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> he can be found in lockdown. Please give a warm, gratuitous wolf whistle to Mr. Doug Hansel. How you doing? Welcome to the chamber. Thank you very much. I don't think I've ever been introduced quite like that ever in my life. Okay, well, you're on this <laughs> But show I'm very now. well. How are you? Yeah, I'm yeah, good. Thank yeah, you. Well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyways, you guys are back on stage at the moment. You have been for the past month. I'm sure your fellow Come From Away families from around the world are, are jealous, and even just the theatre communities from around the world are probably looking at us in envy. Absolutely, uh, yeah, we're lucky. So how did that feel, stepping back out on stage after such a huge, you know, worldwide event, even though it's it's still going? 
Yeah, um, we've been really lucky. We're the first um, production of Come From Away back on stage, and um, it's been it's been quite emotional. Yeah, um, having audiences come back. Um, the the very first night we performed in front of an audience was particularly strange because we were back doing the show, and the people that were there were many return attendees, return audience members who wanted to be there, and it yeah. was really. Um, it was very special, actually. And yeah, we just feel incredibly fortunate. Yeah. What advice would you have for sort of other professionals around from, you know, Broadway that have taken time out from a role that they might have played for a year, like you guys had, mm-hmm. and then they've got to step back into that role. So what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I sort of hesitate to give anyone any sort of advice, because I think people know their own art, and they know mm. what they're doing. Um, I, I reading the script rereading the script is probably a really good place to start um it's not so hard with a show like this though because the show is all about um community and giving and compassion and that's a really easy place to slide back into in in one regard i mean show fitness is one thing like it's the very first time we ran welcome to the rock um Mm -hmm. you get to the end of it and you go jesus like this takes some puff you know whereas if you're used to doing the show in its whole 100 minute format you get to the end of it and it's a piece of cake but then the first time back was like oh wow yeah stamina stamina yep. that's going to be a thing so start um, jogging people start jogging yeah yeah yeah, or yeah. Get on the treadmill. well i was lucky i've seen you guys twice i saw you before the shutdown and then a couple of days after you opened so. right so you saw it yes. the, you saw it before we shut down yeah well we it bookended my um my quarantine really we went uh september 11 2019 because mum thought there would be speeches that night but uh there wasn't you said earlier <laughs> yeah I, I can't i can't remember what we did on september 11th I, but i'm sure we did something we definitely did the pay it forward campaign um, which is kevin turf's baby yep. um but i thought we did have some kind of q a afterwards or something no, well, you did it the like... next night oh really you did it the next night for the next five nights what did we and do I don't know. I wasn't there. No, <laughs> neither was I. Apparently, um, I can't. Remember. I know we. I know we commemorated it somehow. It's not a show about September 11th. Exactly. It's a show about September 12th. That's exactly. why we had the Q and A that night. Yes, which is just further proof of what a scatterbrain I am in real life. <laughs> so I'm actually. Um, we had. I. I did the whole pay it forward thing, which is Kevin Turf, the real Kevin yeah, T. Yeah. That's his, um, that's his initiative. And so all the Kevin T's from around the world, there are five of us. And um, we all took part in the Pay It Forward initiative. I can't remember, a lifetime ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's a musical in that, Five Guys Named Kev. Yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. go. That's... <laughs> He'll make a it happen. A big finale. <laughs> yeah. come out as Kevin Run. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or like Gay Lumberjack Mega Extravaganza. That's it. <laughs> You can keep your come your come from away costume if you do the lumberjack thing because you know Absolutely. a fair bit of flair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he did. I was on um Broadway HD last night, look just looking for shows, you know, future episodes for us. Yep. And uh, you know what Gareth might be forced to watch, and I was you know scrolling around and I see who's your bag daddy and i'm like well clearly nobody i recognize the title so i click on it and lo and behold there's you in that bloody lumberjack jacket and i'm like did you nick that from the theater when you to, left to be fair it's not the same it's not the same jacket um but yeah. i did when i got when i got given that jacket 
for Baghdadi, I was like, wow, I'm sort of cornering the market now. Um, lumberjacks of various sexual persuasions. <laughs> Baghdadi wasn't a gay lumberjack, but um, yeah, he had it going on. Marty Bashard had the lumberjack sheet going on. Baghdadi was really fun. It was it was very scary. It was sort of terrifying because I replaced the actor who was originally meant to do it about a week before we opened. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sort of had that actor's nightmare of having to learn a show, learn the music and get it performance ready with the cast of people that have been doing it for five weeks. So that was that was a white knuckle ride. But ultimately it's um it's a funny show. Like it sounds ridiculous. The title sounds absolutely ridiculous. No. And the, no yeah, way. well the first half of it is kind of like <laughs> it's sort of this popcorn, it's just this eclectic mix of every sort of musical genre you can think. And the second half, act two, sort of really descends into this dark sort of moral place, which is very um yeah, it, it really packs a punch in, in act two particularly like the payoff, obviously is in act two as it is with everything right um it's a great show but um and for those at home this wasn't actually in a theater yeah we it was filmed in a house in sydney and eight actors we each had a room in the house and then there was a centralized sort of tech desk where they mixed the sound and the audiovisuals came together and basically we all performed into a gopro uh mm-hmm. having the the feed in our ears um and yeah, it sort of just it sort of it was all done five performances streamed out live. Um, it was really quite a remarkable achievement on behalf of the team because I think it was the first time that had been done. Um, and it's you know shows what happens you know invention is the product of necessity. Is that how the saying goes? I can't remember. Um, no, necessity yeah. is the mother of invention. That's right. Other way around. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Yeah. I, I meant to yeah. be the scatterbrain on this podcast. Yeah. No, I did top the school in English, but it doesn't, you can't tell anymore. <laughs> I wanted to, actually, I just wanted to ask a question on that, on that performance. So when you said it was all mixed, so was that streamed in real time and you guys were? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Wow. That's, that's quite a feat. Yeah. Yeah. So there were five performances and they all went out live. And I think people bought a coupon to access it um and then it was in conjunction with broadway hd so they picked it up as well um but yeah it was really quite a remarkable feat and the closest thing to a live performance that could be mustered at that point in time yeah 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 now i was yeah i I was thinking not even anything like the same but in the middle of lockdown the wiggles were still producing shows and they were green screening their performances and that and then they were just it, because they've got their own studios and they've got home studios, so yeah. they were, they were just themselves, you know, doing their wiggle dance in front of the green screen and then whacked it together in post and and it looks like um, they're all in the same room together. So yeah, yeah, same yeah. same similar thing. But what you did was like that times a shit yeah. ton harder. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the thing is, I can't take responsibility for the success or otherwise of the show, apart from the fact that I think I managed not to mm. fuck up my lines. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, it was <laughs> it was a case of getting through it. But I'm kind of, I'm also quite happy to know that I can do it. Like that's sort of, every actor has that thing, like when are they going to get the call that they have five days to learn a show? So yeah, I, um, I probably wouldn't be, I mean, I'd still be daunted the next time, but maybe a little less so. Cool. Alrighty, well, we'll move on to metal. I have absolutely no segue there. To wrap, 
There's no segue. No, actually, what I was going to say. So, was that just streamed and that that was the performance, or can you go back and watch? You can now you can. watch it on yeah. Broadway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's yeah, where so... I saw it. Okay. You're not paying right. attention again, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> you claim that I don't. I retain nothing. No, you don't. I retain nothing. Um, but yeah, now I've forgotten what I was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what Jonathan was talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The television a couple of weeks ago. It was a couple, a couple of months, months ago. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, a couple of months ago. That's what I was talking about in TV at the moment in terms of tracking shots and overlaying and and all that uh, stuff. And um, that's what Drew Barrymore is doing in her chat show at the moment. Okay. All right. I didn't know Drew. Barrymore had a chat show. Yeah, well, that okay. doesn't surprise me. Right. Right. Anyways, segue into metal somehow. <laughs> this week, Gareth decided to impose an album on Doug and I. Would you like to tell everybody what that was? I'm actually, now that I've met Doug and we've had a short chat, I actually feel a little bit bad about this one. Um, and then and then when I saw and when I saw Doug's tweet and I thought, yep, I've got the same face, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, but full but full credit because I. Um, for smashing that one out in the gym, straight just off the top of my head, I got I got put under pressure. You need an album, so I just went Lamb of God, Lamb of God, because I couldn't think of another one. And then I went back and listened to it and thought quite possibly might be a little bit more challenging, which made me happy for you, Aaron. But then I felt kind of a little bit bad for our guest. So, but I did bestow one of one of the great albums of 2019. No, it was 2020. This one came out June 2020. So that's how shit it was. You can't even remember. Je- not, I, not I, I love this. I love it. Well, did or didn't? I don't know. Like well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But um, yeah, no, I um, I put it on as I was going to sleep last night, and um, <laughs> it sent me straight off. It was great. <laughs> Can you imagine? Bullshit. <laughs> you know, you don't do the whole, you know, the meditation sleep scape app. You put on Lamb of God. It'd be worse than eating cheese before bed. Um. Are we not yeah, supposed no, to do that? Exactly. You're not supposed to listen to heavy metal as you're going to sleep either. I, I don't think you're meant to, to listen, listen to heavy, to heavy metal, metal at all. Yeah, that's it. At uh, all. Full snap, stop. Snap, snap. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I actually listened to it uh, when I was on the treadmill I, today at the gym. I sort of thought that's one of, that's my homework. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I, I posted that thing on Twitter and then Simon Maiden, who's in our cast, he said, <laughs> I said, like, you know, I have to listen to this entire heavy metal album. It's going about as well as you expect. And Simon Maiden, who's in the cast of Come From Where He Plays Oz, he wrote back to me, goes, your idea of heavy metal is a swift Marla adagio, you fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Maiden, you are welcome on this show anytime, mate. Anytime. With an attitude like that. If I find out that you've quoted that on this podcast, there will be, there will be blood. <laughs> so challenge yeah. accepted. Oh. Fantastic. So your understudy will be taking over from now on, Willie. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes. Be- to talk about, um, yes. And just how like stunningly beautiful and just like spectacular Isn't human she? she is. She's like, like she's just she's personality. She's mm. beautiful, you know, and she's a fan of mine too. I mean, like, so what's not to love? You know, mutual admiration society. Yeah. Yep. She is delightful, isn't she? She is. I'd love to be in a show with her at some point. Like yeah. she'd be like I don't know cabaret or I don't know Brigadoon. I'm just joking, Brigadoon. I don't want to do Brigadoon. No one does. Um, but um, yeah, she'd be. <laughs> she's great. Please don't do Brigadoon. I'm not going to go see it, even if both of you are in it. It was absolutely nonsensical. So <laughs> yeah, what you should do is do a podcast together and put it on our network. Mm. Yeah. 
Sure, I actually, that's something that's you can do from home. Well, let's we'll talk about that after the after today. Yes, we'll talk about that after we get the actual episode recorded. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost as if it's a normal episode, yeah. but it's not because it's my birthday episode. Yay. Yay! And for my birthday this year, Gareth blessed me with a Lamb of God. I did. <laughs> so, yes. would you like to hear my review? Yes, I would. I don't care, but I do like to hear it. You are so mean to me. <laughs> Anyways, when I first saw the cover, I thought it looked like the titles for a cheesy spin-off of Touched by an Angel. But upon pressing play, I found myself being touched by an anglerfish. What sort of beazel bullshit is this? Although Marenta Mori is a desirable title, as all I wished for was a sign that my death was nigh. <laughs> <laughs> but nay, no such luck. And instead, I had to put up with Growly McGrowlison for two mind-numbingly dull songs before Reality Bath had me wishing for an acid bath. <laughs> but not all is lost. Living in the suburbs of Melbourne, I've never known the joys of being driven nuts by jackhammers. But after this eponymous album, I know what it's like to take a jackhammer to the urethra. <laughs> oh. Speaking of eponymous, <laughs> she's my favourite character in Les Mis. And that's what this album made me, Les Miserables. <laughs> Frankly, whilst the calmer, less rackety moments of the drums made for a slight relief, I can't help it that this album gave me a new colossal hatred for lambs. And metal. Especially lambs that smoke three packs a day. <laughs> My curiosity, among other things, peaked when I saw that the hottest fuck Jamie Jaster, Oh hey girl! <laughs> is on track seven. But unfortunately, this was indeed a poison dream and not a wet dream as I was hoping. Mm. Wait, where was I? All right, poison. Has anybody got any fucking poison? <laughs> Shit. You've given me some stinkers in the past 21 episodes, but this one stinks worse than an abattoir without aircon in the middle of a heat wave in fucking Frankston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of waves, well, not really. I just needed a segue into track eight, the unfortunately titled Roots. Yes, please. Who's first? <laughs> Although, I couldn't help but wonder why it was a plural with roots, droughts, however you say it. Because this album seems to have only one direction, into the garbage. Mm, wow. Blood, Bloodshot Eyes was a slight relief, and I could certainly imagine some stoner metal heads sitting in a suspended state of euphoria, hearing the sheer brilliance in this track, which I can only really sum up as... Meh. <laughs> the final song, yet another ridiculous pounding from Oscar the Grouch's Drunk Uncle, was aptly named for you, Gareth. Oh. You ain't off the hook. After promising both Doug and I something nothing too heavy, only to give us both the metal equivalent of what it would have sounded like when the Titanic split in half. <laughs> God help me. Now, let's pray. Lamb of God, you may take away the sins of the Lord, but not this shitty music. How embarrassing, Gareth. I cannot take you anywhere. And just like my novel's Amazon rating, zero fucking stars. <laughs> now where's a fucking Panadol? Wow, lucky you two are friends. Like, that is fierce. Imagine getting a review like that as an actor. Jesus. Would you like one like that? Because I can roast you like that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not now. <laughs> That's your first zero. No, it's not. Isn't it? Is it? Okay. No. Hang on. No, I've closed Excel. Right. I'm not impressed. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. I was I was optimistic. What there. the hell was that, man? Shit, that was shocking. <laughs> this isn't fucking Jurassic Park. I'm not talking to dinosaurs. 
Yeah. I didn't I didn't hate it that much. Oh, hey. I've got to say, I just couldn't tell one song apart from the other. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but I was just like, is this the same song? Have I got this on repeat? And I was like, no, it's just like, that's the same... Yeah, I I just I was like, what? Yeah, so I worked up a bit of a sweat listening to that. Yeah, and I'm still sweating thinking about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there there are different levels. Um, what we've got here is metal core, I think. Yeah, and this yeah. is exactly what it sounds: hardcore metal, and uh-huh. it's very polarizing. I, I I've said it a lot of times: there is a disconnect between. Um, myself as a listener and this like even if i'm fucking pissed off this type of music's only gonna make me even more angry i don't feel like it's cathartic in any way shape or form like these metal heads keep saying it is and i i can't connect with that at all because i can't fucking understand them (laughs) yeah diction they need to work on the diction they need yeah and melody Singing through the diaphragm, like that's imagine cool. doing that eight, to- eight eight shows a week. Imagine doing a, a heavy metal concert eight shows a week. Yeah, no. Or even a heavy metal musical. I wonder if anyone's ever written a heavy metal heavy metal musical. Rock of Ages. <laughs> I hated myself <laughs> as soon as that left my lips. I'm like, no, that's that's not. A- Apparently, there's a Motley Crue musical in the works. Okay. Apparently, um, right. but there is a, a metal musical. It's called Repo the Genetic Opera. It's actually pretty bloody good. The music in it and and the singing is palatable. It's got Sarah Brightman. Unlike this, which this this bloody metalcore nonsense doing my head in just talking about. It. I can't even hear the fucking. I can see you're proud of yourself. It warms my heart. It warms my cold metal heart. Your face is red as fuck right now. You look like a hairy hemorrhoid. <laughs> Randy Blythe's vocals are challenging to the vocals, non. Vocals, they sounded like farts. <laughs> it's, Sorry, Doug. Look, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pissed me off. It's really probably did. not a. I can't tell. It's probably not a morning album for me, and I have to be. I have to be in the right headspace quite often to listen to Lamb of God. And what headspace is that? Nihilistic. <laughs> if, misanthropic for crying out loud. Wow. To be perfectly honest, if I was on the treadmill and doing like a a 10K run, this is my go-to. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, it was a very good thing that I was moving while I was listening to it because um, I don't think I could have listened to it sitting still. Um, Mm. (laughs) But at the same time, I don't want to like, I don't want to disrespect your musical taste, Gareth, because clearly that's Aaron's job and he's very good at that. (laughs) (laughs) But very respectful at that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing I just couldn't. I can't tell what key this is in. I can't tell. The. But to me, like, it's a lot of screaming and a lot of drums. Mm. That's sort of what I'm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm kind of taking away from it. Like, yeah. uh, It was a conversation between two blenders. I, that's probably one of the one of the things I really love about this band and especially this album is Art Crew's drums, just the drum sound, the way no, he plays. It, it's just it just gets yeah, it gets right in there. No, um, it's I did some translating yeah. of the lyrics though. Well, you don't need to. You, <laughs> you can you can look them up, but yeah, were there lyrics? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Grr, 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 grr means I hate the world. And means I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> Nice. Oh, well, that, that joke died. <laughs> it did. It I did. thought that was funny, but clearly not. Yeah.
Yeah, no, that was a stinker. Sorry, not sorry. I that got the. Fe- I had not my music. I had the feeling that probably was going to. Uh, this one was going to fail. I didn't know it was going to fail so spectacularly. Um, but now I do. I do know because I've been. I think I've been fairly easy with some of the picks certainly vocally uh, but this is at that more extreme end of the uh... you'll find these guys on the album music to punch your co-host to seriously yeah it's it's you know it's it's angry and it's and it's raw and it's you know and it was released in 2020 so there wasn't going to be fucking rainbows and you know puppy dogs in 2020 (laughs) sorry um, actually, a friend of mine said this morning um, that heavy metal fans tend to be people who are actually quite gentle and yeah. and sweet, yeah. and um, you know, and that makes sense because Aaron's just been a massive prick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of because um, apparently the bitchiness is reserved for musical theatre. Yeah, <laughs> that's mm. not actually true. Yeah, it's the yin and yang of this show. He represents the devil music, but the soft stoic beautiful personality yeah i represent the classical angelic musical theater but i have to you know get a bit dirty and be a bit of a bitch sometimes <laughs> it's all in fun and it's comedy it's all scripted as well like that's the thing is i actually put a lot of thought into all of this i i don't just sit there and just shit all over a band i listen to it 10 15 times i will learn all about it and watch their music videos i'll even pay money to these bands and support them on their patreons and stuff like that along the way you know it is about uh, celebrating and supporting the music as much as it is dragging each other into worlds that we're not necessarily gonna like and gareth's probably nastier than i am because i at least make jokes out of it i am trying to make you guys laugh he just says oh i hate this oh i hate that that was shit (laughs) i don't do that that's not me that's not what i'm about i am not a massive prick but nice try (laughs) have one am not one okay and gareth you better be thankful that Disney's not fucking suing me this week, or I'd be twice as pissed off as what I was. Yeah. Anyway, um, this album certainly wasn't Disney. It was not Disney. There's no, not not a lot of um, not a lot of God in there either. Really. No. <laughs> it's it's actually funny because when they first started, Christian Christians jumped on them, uh, thinking they were a Christian metal band uh, along the lines of you know uh, Baron yeah. Cross or Striper or that sort of Evanescence. thing. Evanescence. Um, and. They're not metal, um, and they're not Christian either. It's it's quite funny because people. Oh, okay, I don't know. People people jumped on it expecting to hear you know heavy music with a with a positive um, message, and what they got was Lamb of God. Love so, thy neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, but um, yeah, they're a, they're an acquired taste, and definitely not for the casual fan. An acquired taste. What like rocket fuel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like. Like too many tequilas. Tequilas, so. as in to kill your spirit. <laughs> uh, sorry, mate, you did bad this week. <laughs> oh, well, actually, um, Doug, did you listen to the whole album or just kind yeah, of? Yeah, I did. Oh, well, he wow. thinks. Okay. He, he thinks it might have been the same fucking song over and over again for all we know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I had my headphones in, and um, I was so disappointed because thirty about thirty seconds before the end of the last song, my headphones died. Oh. So actually, I had I didn't listen to the entire album. I listened to where it starts to get really, really good. <laughs> oh, you missed those thirty seconds. Yeah, oh, that's that's the twist ending there. Like you, you just missed yeah, the whole deal. Yeah. It, it all okay. made sense after that. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'll think, go back and listen to it again. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe you for a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
no. Um, zero stars from me. I'm going to give zero it two stars because, like, it's a it's a work of art, and I think you know everyone needs some encouragement, don't they? Out of five, out of oh. out of twenty. <laughs> that's you know that's a quarter, a quarter of a star. Well, you know we do out of five stars on this show. It's it's actually <laughs> half a star, but oh yeah, is that? Oh yeah, because it's two. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. I, I'm a writer, not a, a math magician or whatever they are. <laughs> a math magician. I don't know. Goodness gracious me. So no, I think I think two stars just, you know, because it's a work of mm. creation and um, you know. And for the record, I always do point out when I like things and, and when you know bands are talented or they've got great voices, and I'll also point out where I see the potential. Don't I, Gareth? No, you do. Potential, you know, go on to other things and other areas and, and kick ass there. I just didn't see it in this one. As, as do I. You didn't find anything in that one. <laughs> the so- I did not. I, I mentioned yeah. the softer moments that, that were palatable. That They were a nice relief. But as I've, I don't know if you can see my book, bo- a minute fucking 40 of peace. That's all I got in that whole album was a minute 40 of peace. Yeah, that was, that was the, that was the, um, the intro to Memento Mori. Yeah. yeah. I know. I was listening to that. And when the drums hit, I thought, yeah, you got lulled into a false sense of security thinking, yeah, this is some kind of proggy, atmospheric stuff. And then splat. If it's any and- consolation, I was telling my trainer about it. And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, my wife loves Lamb of God. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, well. Okay. Here we go. It's, it's so, so random. Yeah. Uh, How cool is that? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. My, mine definitely does not. Anyways, I think this conversation's jumped the shark now, so I think we're going to jump ship from the shit of nightmares to the ship of dreams. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. That was clever. Thank you very much. I write all my own jokes. Yes. And Gareth. (laughs) Yes, you do. We'll be right back after a word from these friends and sponsors. This summer, winter, spring, or fall, the first ever musical theater sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Denny, Louise Demon, and Oliver Saville, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling! How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. You can watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theatre charities, acting for others, and the Theatre's Trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice. Tight. Hey, good. Awesome. All right.
And we're back with Thrush and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast that sets out to break the sound barrier by smashing it over each other's heads. I'm Aaron, that's Gareth, and we're joined by Doug. Hello. Uh, when this episode's going out, today's date should be the 14th or the 15th, and uh, that was the anniversary mm. of the Titanic sinking, which one oh. of those days is also my birthday, because uh, obviously <laughs> the Titanic hit an iceberg and I popped out. From one disaster to another. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Someone decided to write a musical about it. Yes. Yes, the great Maury Jesus. Yeston. And before I before I get into it, Maury Yeston's um, genius vision of um, floating on the ocean, Doug, you were, in a, you were in a version of this. I was, um, yeah, at the Charing Cross Theatre in London. Uh, oh, wow. 2016, okay. yeah. So I've... Okay. So I came back to Australia to actually to do come from away. But before that, I've been living in London for about five years. You and literally came from away. I came, I did come from away. Yeah. You well, are the yeah. titular I'm, come from away. I'm the, I'm the eponymous come from away. Um, but um, on your own, well, actually, no, you're not on your own. Cause there's a bunch of Americans in the show, isn't there? So that's true, there sorry, are. you're not that special. Uh, Anyways, moving on. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, so um, Titanic, I did it, it was in 2016, uh, and it was one of the, the first, I think it was the first musical that I did in London. Um, wow. I'd done some plays and some TV stuff, but yeah. Yeah, no, so, um, and funnily enough, I, as a kid, I was absolutely obsessed with the Titanic. Like, every statistic that there was to be had, I had it in my head. Um I think they've all gone now, but I can. I still know that there were 706 passengers who survived, and I think 1,522 passengers died, or something around that. It hit the iceberg at 11:40 p.m. and it sank at 2:20. California was 10 miles away, but didn't have its radio on, so it didn't come to the rescue. The Carpathia was four hours away, I think 55 miles away. Yeah, all these ridiculously, wow. all these like now move the camera. Move uh, the camera. I want to know if you're reading anything. The Wikipedia then. page is open. Because yeah. I saw you yeah. do the cue card thing and then you move to the next guy with the cue cards. No, there was this book at the local library that, that I just used to borrow every second week. Yeah. And it was this big book on the Titanic. And I was just obsessed. Wow. There's even a Daniel, um, how, how random is this? There's, there's even a Daniel Steele novel called No Greater Love. And if you know who Daniel Steele is, like, mm, she's yes. this horny romance writer mm -hmm. and like so i can't remember how but like someone gave me a book of like the book no great love and i was like a 12 year old reading about this titanic sinking and all this kind of shit and all of a sudden like he runs his hands across her breasts and down <laughs> and I'm, I'm like what the fuck is going on here i was like you know later realized who and what daniel still was and i think mm, that if, you, anyway, if you're all, if you're all gonna die yeah yeah we're yeah, you're stuck below decks. We're going down. Okay, me too. Yeah. So in this London production, you played a character named, or well, not a character, you played a person named Charles Clark, I believe. You know, it? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. He was a second-class passenger eloping to the new world. Well, it's not that new by that point. Eloping to the US with his aristocratic lover, Lady yeah. Caroline. I can't remember what her name was. Lady Caroline something or other. And um, yeah, it's kind of like the the poor boy meets rich girl kind of Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet storyline of Titanic. Yeah. Although it's it's nothing to do with the film or the storyline of the film, apart from the fact that the story takes place on the same ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, so yeah, you, you, were the, you were the Leonardo. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, right. well, when I was reading about some of the um, some of the the people that died, and or even some that were on the ship, I noticed that Charles Clark had written in his journal or a letter or something like that. If we make it to New York, and just imagine if that had been said today in 2021, the conspiracy theorists would be flying with it. Mm. They would be having a field day. There would be crisis actors, it'd all be faked, there'd be manipulated footage and everything. No one would believe it was real because of that one sentence, if we make it to New York. That's the state of the world we're in at the moment. Do you know what? You've just made me think, I... I mean, what happens, what I tend to think happens is that when you learn learning a show, it sort of gets uploaded or downloaded, whatever you want to call it, to your brain. And then once you finish the show, you sort of... You, remove you it, yeah. Remove it, right? But I can't remember being conscious of the fact that Charles Clark was actually a real person. I thought he was, a, I thought he was either a creation or a conglomerate of a couple of people. But, but you're no, saying that he actually existed. And I yep. can't remember that being part of my process when I did I'll, that. Um, I'll have to send you the link of what I was reading, yeah. but it was yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. However, this musical, which we listened to the original Broadway mm. cast recording from 1997, starring the great mm. Michael Severus, bald hottie himself. Yeah, let's talk about bald men. Oh, look, I could talk about bald men to the cows come home. Well... Hang on, at least the bears. Yeah. But we all know the bears ain't coming home anytime <laughs> soon. But anyways, moving on. There we go. Oh, speaking there of which, I noticed, Doug, that you did We're Going on a Bear Hunt, oh which is pretty much every day of my life. Yeah. However. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no question. I just wanted to make that joke. Anyways. <laughs> See, laughter. Not so massive prick now, is it? Moving on. I'm only here basically to say the horrible things that he doesn't want to say. Yeah. I have to make him look good. It's it's because I don't have awful things to say. That's bullshit. Because he's a heavy metal gentle soul. I just, I am. It's bullshit. And I thought we were going to talk about Underbelly. Cause, underbelly? You know, I haven't seen Come From Away. So, oh, yeah, you, you know. did Underbelly, didn't you? I did mm-hmm. Underbelly, yeah, uh, with um, with Jonathan LaPaglia, Ella Scott Lynch, and Matt Nabel, who's a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Oh, yes, no, he was in Arrow. He's really good looking. Anyways, continue. <laughs> well, yeah. I think yeah, if right. that's who I'm thinking of, mm. he was in, in Arrow. I think you're right, yeah. He was Ray Shal Ghul. Yeah. Okay. That's where I know. I think the belly was a few years ago, too. Now. Was a few, what was that, 2012? 2013? Yeah, it was, it was 2012. It's a while ago now. Um, and I mean, look, I, I probably shouldn't say this because it was my bread and butter, but it's a really bad title, like badness, underbelly yeah. badness. It doesn't make any, it's not a word. Yeah. All really bad. They were, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, look, Underbelly, I think, started out quite good. And then it just, by the, the last couple of seasons, it was like, yeah. okay, guys, you're just, you're really kind of just dragging it out. I think the thing, I think what happens is that in, you know, in TV everywhere, but you know, sort of Australia, or maybe the more commercial stuff is like, you come up with a hit and then you do another series and then another series, you just end up flogging it to death. Yeah. Yeah. And it sort of loses, it's sort of the distillation process. It just gets watered down until, you know, people stop watching it, I suppose. Yeah, it's no longer shiny and new. And it's it's okay to to not keep making the same thing, you know. Like sometimes you'd have to put the, sometimes you'd have to put the thing to bed. Yeah. Like a great example is like Shit's Creek, right? It's a, um, it's a really interesting series. It's very funny, you know, but they did their sixth series and then they kind of went, no, that's it. That's enough. 
um, we don't want to overload it. Yep. And, you know, yeah. and it's the kind of series that you'll now go back and watch over and over again because it's finite. Mm, yeah. It's, it's almost like in Australia, we're sort of so scared that we're not going to, there'll be nothing else that we just keep making the same thing again. But, you know, we can be more courageous, I think. It's actually something I think the British TV does better than anyone, which is we're, we're going to do something that's six episodes long and they're six yeah. hour long episodes. That's it. Exactly. Done. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you're sitting there going, wow, how yeah. good was that? And then they'll do it again on a completely different subject. Whereas we, we're kind of like the Americans where we just, we're just going to keep making this until people turn off. Yeah pretty yeah, much so, yeah everything yeah. all the funding right. runs out yeah it was just probably yeah or the uk will do one episode like hail honey i'm home if you remember that one no 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 hitler and eva braun move next door to a nice jewish couple oh my god i want to see that <laughs> i know right <laughs> That's what's it yeah. called hail honey i'm home you can find it on youtube i think oh, yeah we talked about it on this show like oh, honey, ago. I'm home. Wow. Yeah, it lasted like one episode or half an episode or something like that and yeah. got cut off. It was just like um, Australia's dirtiest home video show from 1996, oh, yeah. I think, 1997, which I remember watching as a kid, maybe 11 years old or something like that. Don't ask me why I was watching it. I think I was even watching it with my mum. I think it was hosted <laughs> by Doug Murray or someone like that. Um, Stan, no, not... Yeah, yeah, Doug Murray. But I remember it got cut off halfway through. I think it was Kerry Packer that was watching it, wasn't it? And he was the one that, like, he called the network and said, take it off. Yeah. I think it was in the bath at the time or something. Oh, I didn't know that detail. I don't ask me why I knew that as a child. No, that's a bit of a worry. Just went take that take that off my station. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyways, back to Hitler. Hail, honey, I'm home. Don't you remember? We talked about it on this show. It was a whole conversation. We did because I mentioned the book that I read, which was called "Look Who's Back," which was a parody about Hitler coming back. Yeah, and he ends up with a nice little proud boy following. And yeah. Oh wow. Happy days. Anyway, from one from one disaster to the next. Titanic or my love life. <laughs> titanic and i actually halfway halfway through listening to this and knowing that doug was in a version or what i don't know what you musical theater people call it a production sorry knowing that doug was in a production of it and i thought i wonder how many times like all actors and and creative people do you just take a job just because you need a job and i was just wondering if this was one of those one of those jobs but now he's a he's a titanic savant with with more knowledge than um anyone and i thought no 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 i'm pretty sure he did this one because because he loved it (laughs) right okay so so is that your way of giving a zero star review are you getting aaron back through me (laughs) well yeah that's that's why we invite our guests on to use you guys as weapons against each other this is one of those musicals it's very orchestral yeah which which kind of uh, just makes me just makes me think of my um you know, love my dad. He's not with us anymore, but just makes me think of him with uh-huh. his um, classical albums being played mm-hmm. far too loud um, and enjoying every second of it, um, yeah. conducting in midair and um, everyone else just sitting there sort of cringing um, whilst yeah. getting cultured. So it was a little bit... Lots of... Um, look, the performances on this one, as all, just about all musicals that I've listened to, the performances are amazing. There are so many insanely talented people. I don't understand how you can do two shows a day, five or six days a week and deliver these, you know, these sort of uh, performances. Because sometimes, you know, vocally, especially this one, mm-hmm. there's some there's some really challenging vocals 
on, and on for it. studies um, and standbys and ultimates. Oh my! And it's a hell of a lot of fun to sing. I have to say, <laughs> um, those harmonies and big sweeping melodies. Oh yeah, I look, I know, but you know, it's it's not like it's it's not like you come out, you do a, a two and a half hour show. There's explosions, or there's a dragon. You scream your guts out, and, and you're good for two days, and then you come back and do it again. You guys are just doing it and doing it. Having said that, I I you know I knew the story because everyone does because you know you know what happens. Spoiler alert: they hit an iceberg and it sinks. <laughs> they, you, you know it happens. I, I I I wish it I wish it happened sooner. Um, but it, it it I was really surprised to look up and discover this is only only about an hour and twenty minutes long because yeah. it did feel like a very it just it it seemed it goes on you know and on and on on the plus side there was no Celine Dion which yep. was nice yes there also, is an income from away though so um, you'll be happy to know that is it? there's a splash of it just for a moment twice. oh yeah which is yeah which is actually quite twice. funny. Yeah, because I yeah. like Come From Away. I, g- I genuinely like Come From Away. Um, yes, he did. He gave it five stars. In case I, I did. I remember that. I did. Yeah. You haven't yeah. heard um, me scream it to the world already? <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very long. For some reason, they reprised every song again. And I'm thinking, come on, the ship yeah. is going down. Just let it, let it go and then let's have an epilogue. Um, yeah, it, it, I think I, I wrote... I wrote bored on there because I was I was bored. You know, I've got I've got to say though, Gareth. Like when I found out we were doing this and I was going to listen to the heavy metal thing, and I found out you were going to be listening to Titanic. Actually, I felt bad because I was like, <laughs> if you hate musicals, mm. this is probably the worst. It's probably one of those ones. Yeah. That you go, this is why yeah. I hate musicals. Like listening to Titanic, the musical, you kind of go, this is why this is why I hate them. This is why they suck, right? So I I kind of get it. So I feel bad. So we're on equal footing now. On the other hand, if you love musicals, you kind of go, wow, this is really clever the way they've constructed it, the fact they've been able to make a musical out of Titanic. But similarly, like if, you, if you'd have said 10 years ago that someone was going to make a musical about the events surrounding mm. 9-11, that would have just been offensive. Yeah. Um, someone actually said, made a really good point the other day that, um, you know, it's wh- what makes Come From Way work is that it's a musical on the peripheries of the events of 9-11 yeah. it's not you know making a musical about the actual the attack it's sort of about what goes on on the peripheries and the sim- similar thing like if anyone's gonna mm. end up writing a, a musical about the global pandemic it's not going to be about you know people dying <laughs> was, from the plague is going to be about how people got through on the outskirts of it Do you know what i mean you can't go straight yeah. to the heart of the, the story you've got to sort of work on the the outliers of it no, then it just becomes gimmick at the end of the day. Yeah, and 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 sort of offensive and tasteless. It does. Yeah, so I felt bad, Gareth. I'm sorry. Do you know what show you're on, Doug? <laughs> I get the premise, but I still feel bad. Yeah. It's two against one. That's unfair. That's warfare. That's what it is. It was it was cruel and it was cruel and unusual punishment. And I I went into it it's karma. With, I went into it with an open mind, and I do with everything. And I go, okay, just just lay it on me, and. And I've said it before on this show, and there's one thing that I have learned doing this show um, is, you know, not all musical theatre is the same. Whereas before I I did it, I just everything was Cats and Titanic, and and that yeah, this is the this is the quintessential musical theatre sound that has has always sort of put me off musical theatre. But um, you know, I 
I can get, and like you say, it's a lot of fun to sing. It sounded yeah. like they were having fun singing it. Yeah. As well. And that, that comes across. So although, you know, it's obviously the Broadway recording and they made mm. sure they got everything right and all that sort of thing. So, but it does, it does sound like everyone's having fun while the, well, I mean, well, the ship's yeah, maybe fun is not the right word, but like it, it sits in the, it's, it's, it sits in the voice in a really beautiful way. Like mm. it's really, mm. it's a really beautiful thing to sing. Yeah. And for, for someone that like grew up being obsessed mm. with the Titanic, um, it was quite, auspicious in a way to end up doing that as my first musical in london um mm -hmm. yeah but i keep coming back to this gareth i'm mm. really sorry that we put you through this yeah my schadenfreude yeah. has such a boner yeah. right now <laughs> i i don't think we could have found and this is purely as a pure fluke that we couldn't i don't think we could have found two diametrically opposite pieces of music of performances than titanic and lamb of god what about a play about like a podcast where there's, you know, two reviews being done. One is of the Lamb of God, and one is about Titanic the musical, and the and the hosts go at it, and you know, or a sketch show that could work. Yeah, there's something in that. What a genius million dollar idea you've got there, Doug. Yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. should do. A, yeah, someone should do a podcast about it. Well, my theory is that metal is socially acceptable opera. You could go to a party and put on Metallica or Guns N' Roses, yeah. and everyone's going to sing along. You go to that same party and put on opera. Oh yeah, and everyone's yeah. clearing the fucking room, aren't they? So therefore, it look it's a lot of a lot of metal, and especially the metal that I grew up with in the in the eighties and the nineties is, and the metal that I love is the over the top theatrical and with the operatic um, style, you know, stylings, especially with you know guys like Ronnie James Dio and Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden and Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Those guys can they could sing anything. They they choose to sing metal. So, and, you know, and you look at the stage shows and they are productions mm. and there's costume changes and there's, um, you know, there's pyro and, you know, like I said, the dragons and you name it and airplanes. So, yeah, it, they're not, mm. they're not that much different. And, and it's funny because we were talking about Sweeney Todd, which I, I enjoyed the darkness of it. Yeah. And thought and I said, let's let's put some guitars and drums in this and this thing's just gonna, you know, there is this could be a, an amazing rock opera. Um and there's a lot of there's a lot that I've heard as well that could do it. This is not this is not one of them. This this could not be I don't think you could get away with delivering it um with you know, without the orchestra yeah. orchestra pit. So and that's actually that reminds me, did when you were performing this, was there the live orchestra pit? You did the chamber version didn't you yeah we did the chamber one with um i think it's it's actually right. modeled on the the scent the idea that the band on the titanic that went down was a six-piece <clears throat> band mm -hmm. and so ah. they've done a chamber orchestration which mm. is for the which is for the same instrumentation although probably with the addition of piano i don't know if there was the pianist titanic in the no they couldn't band. fit it on but the yeah. life raft see what i like about titanic is that um you're right it's it's very symphonic um but i think that is sort of tapping into the musical the musical taste of the time like sort of elgar sweeping melodies and sort of big you know strings and and brass sections and stuff um so I I like it, but yeah. And fun fact, the man who put together the chamber version of Titanic was uh, an actor named Don Stevenson, who in the Broadway production played... Um, Don Stevenson. <laughs> Charles Clark. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh wow. I, I didn't know that. There was there was another guy that played Charles Clark that went on to be the resident director for a lot of companies around the world. I don't know if it's the same guy. Yeah, that'd or... be him. Yeah, that'd be him. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, wait, so he did everything. Yeah, pretty much. I think he, he he's the one that orchestrated the chamber version. And okay. then, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it was him. There we go. Yeah. That's why I paused because I figured that it should be the first name that yeah, comes to wow. you. No, I've, I've downloaded that. That's, that's yeah. five years in the past now. <laughs> I didn't mean to be presumptuous. Um, <laughs> I, I have some thoughts. I wrote not a review, but I've got some thoughts. If okay. That's okay. Now, Aaron, did you know? That? Yes. Okay. Okay. I did, but I've right. always kind of had a love-hate relationship with it. Oh. When you look at something like Les Mis, which is, you know, a, an overblown tourist musical, the music in it is fucking fantastic, and it, it lingers long afterwards. There's that... Dun 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 dun. That it gives you the, the spine tingles that whole time. So, but this, I don't feel like it has that iconic theme that lingers all the way through and long mm. afterwards. It's a good point. So, my problem with nope. Titanic is, unlike how I commented on with Faith No More, there doesn't appear to be a running key theme or motif throughout the whole show. The opening launch scenes feel like a mishmash of sounds that never quite come together quite like the ship and New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Too wow. soon? Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There She Is is catchy, and the melody of I Must Get On That Ship does play mm. again through First Class Roster, and that's probably the most catchiest melody in the whole show, but... It's unfortunate that it's ultimately overshadowed by the lesser quality Godspeed Titanic, which really should have been that big lingering theme that made you remember it. Mm. Ultimately, all of this combined leaves me out in the cold, much like how Rose left Jack. Oh. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> Too soon. For the record, after these two albums... I'm starting to think that Jack got the better deal. Ooh. Ooh, wow. That's harsh. And I've always thought that Albuquerque was Albuquerque. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, I see what you Yeah, look, I don't know. I um I I quite like I mean, I think I have to say my my favorite part is um Lift up the ramp, let go the lines, raise up her collars. And yeah, that's, I must get on you know that I mean? ship. Yeah, that's, that's the melody I, I'm talking about. That's, exactly. the stereo, that's quite stirring. I like that very much. Yeah, that's that's um, the catchiest melody. Yeah. And that's the only catchy melody in this whole show, which <laughs> should have, when you think about it, it should have something that lingers long afterwards. So it, the show you're doing has Welcome to the Rock, which you yeah. start off with and you you finish off with and it lingers with you long afterwards correct so the thing with our production is what we had was a um we had a gangway at the front of the stage mm. and when it came into that godspeed titanic section um the gangway actually pulled away from the front of the stage so it was almost like the ship was getting further and further away and i think that worked really really well so oh, nice. i mean you always have to take these things in you know it's listening to the soundtrack is one thing um, so it's an altogether different experience when you have this yeah. music and the visuals of what's happening on stage. And sometimes what doesn't read musically in one um, sitting, seen, seen in its whole, makes a whole lot of sense later. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously Titanic, 
sunk for for Gareth. I give it one. I give it one out of five. Um, um, what's I the think... one star for Gareth? Uh, the one. The one's just for the talented individuals who are appeared on it. So you know, yeah, absolutely. Everyone. Everyone gets. Everyone gets to share the one star amongst yeah. themselves. The the ensemble get, get the star. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's this is the thing. It's not. It's not for me, and I'm not gonna. You know, and it it did it it bored me, and I did I wrote down I have the same expression as Doug listening to Titanic, and I, I wrote that in my my little notepad there. Um, See, I I think the thing is like anything that's got um the musical in the title, like um Titanic the musical or Mamma Mia the musical. Like I think yeah. I think that whole that thing needs that whole Ooh. this just needs to be done away with because if it doesn't stand on its own as a work that is identifiable in mm -hmm. and of itself. Yeah. I think the caveat just yeah. it's a bit lazy. You know, you either need you either need another draft or, you know, a better publicist or mm, a that, more engaged mm, audience. Mm. Like, yes. That and the unauthorized parody musical. I'm sick of them. They're they're coming out of the woodwork now. There's the oh, Friends man, yeah. unauthorized parody. There's the the Cheers unauthorized parody. Friends, the, oh yeah. really? But that's the thing, like something like Friends, like like how would like how would you even cast it? How would you cast Friends the musical? Oh, exactly. I mean, unless you're going to get iconic. Matt LeBlanc to make a, a return to doing? form, you know, like those characters are so identifiable with the people who played them. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just like, I, I don't think the world, do we need Friends the musical? No, I don't think we do. No, man. we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Do we know if Matt can sing? Can he sing? Season one, <laughs> Joey does Freud the musical. My youngest daughter would see Friends yeah. the musical. But she's, but she, you know, she's fifteen, so yeah. yeah. So fifteen, That's... I loved Friends, and yeah. fourteen, thirteen no. years old, I wouldn't have seen it then because it wasn't a legitimate yeah. thing. It's not some official product. It's just some cheesy parody ripoff that's going to be all tongue in cheek and deliberately wink, wink, and how friggin' boring. But see, um, the thing yeah. is, like something like Les Mis, like Les Mis, um, stands on its own like it's kind mm, of yeah. you have lame is the musical lame is the movie and of course lame is the novel but you don't need to sort of qualify Tag each of them, them. yeah yep. you know like kind of it's it's if you if you if you're on go to broadway and you see oh lame is playing you know do your homework you find out what it's about you know mm -hmm. it'll say in the blurb but it doesn't need to be splashed in the title i just i, mm. I don't know i kind of think i just think it's, a bit it's appealing to tourists that's what it well, is well yeah yeah but and it's you know, a shame like, because do better. <laughs> I I know I, I completely agree. And a lot of these movie musicals that they do, um, Billy Elliot, I think, stands on its own without the musical tagline attached to it, in my opinion, because yeah. it's such a fucking good show and, and so well staged. Legally Blonde, I thought was much better than it should have been. It just reminds me of like, you know, you know, they do you have Aladdin, right? The movie that comes out in the nineties, yeah. and then the next thing you have Aladdin on ice. Yes, like, I saw that. Music, <laughs> if it's got the caveat, it's sort of that's that's what I think of. I think of like those sort of you know ice yeah. rink, um, high school musical, the musical, the series. Yeah, yeah. Which I it, it is a parody title. They've done that deliberately as a tongue in cheek jab at yeah. all this nonsense that they keep doing. But like Fun Home, Fun Home. It's not Fun Home, the musical. It's Fun Home. You know, you kind of go or Dogfight. You kind of figure out. You do your homework and you figure out whether or not 
your partner's going to enjoy seeing a musical and you, you know, if yeah. they're not don't take them to a musical you know no yeah the giveaway should be it's on it's on broadway you know oh titanic on broadway hmm i wonder what that is yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, I, I believe when, when they did it on Broadway, I, I don't know if this is true or just me having wrong memories. I think the, the whole stage tipped oh. and eventually okay. a piano ran off the stage and that was the signal to the end of the show. I've got a terrifying anecdote that sort of bears some resemblance to that. When I was about 14 or 15, I was um, I was for a school concert i was playing the grand piano at the sydney opera house um and we're doing like i was part of a band and we were playing we're doing yeah that's what i'm thinking like look at me mr famous actor with my personal (laughs) trainer playing at the bloody opera house goodness gracious me doug sorry i'm teasing (laughs) (laughs) and he said to me before he's not some sort of big famous actor and i'm like i never said that i just said you're a professional actor Right. Yeah. So I'm teasing you. It was it Look was a high school, you know, combined high schools concert. Don't get yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, anyway, you were, you so, were headlining. You know it. You just don't want to admit it. I wasn't. We um, but we were playing this sort of Gershwin medley, and uh, and I had to start Lovely. the entire piece. Like there was a eight, like the six combined singers, like 600 singers behind us, but like eight of us were in this band, and I had to start um the piece with a, a roll at the bottom of the piano, mm-hmm. and um and as I started to as I started to, as I hit the keys, the piano started to move, That's and I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it still yeah. is. But if the, the concert yeah. hall at the Sydney Opera House has a very, very slight downward rake or yep. upward rake, depending on which direction. That's you're a, a slope and, um, for the the uh, cavemen at home on team. Metal. And um, yeah, and <laughs> and as I played, I it started to move, and I had this kind of nightmare like idea that it was going to go falling off the stage and crash into the front row and kill like half a dozen people and um but somehow some stagehand saw that it was moving came and locked the the wheels and it was all fine um probably what they should have done in the first mm-hmm. place if they were doing their job properly but um you that know there's was a, um... terrifying i don't know why i'm telling this story apart from the fact that oh yeah the titanic piano yeah. um but did you but did you keep playing did you play on the band played the on. The band yeah. played on. Yeah. 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 You know, there's yeah. a um a, a multiverse out there or a world out there where that piano did roll off the stage wow. and you killed somebody's grandmother. Nice work, did Doug. I kill them or did like, you know, I don't know. The there's opera probably a, stage. a different Yeah. I mean that's a really sobering thought. Thanks, Aaron. That's all right. Um yeah, I love that <laughs> alternate universe thing. I, I think there's yeah, an alternate too. universe in which I was on the Titanic. I died yeah, that's, on the Titanic. That's yeah. Oh, that's not, that's a, good not a good universe. That's not a good. It's not a good it's dark universe. universe. No. But, Even you know. if you survived it, you'd you'd be dead by now. You'd never I be would, able yeah. to do come from away. You wouldn't have been able to do Titanic on stage because you have you'd be too old. Exactly. You would have been. What? I'd be in a casket. Considering you know all the men that died on the Titanic. So. Yeah, and yeah. And, and funnily enough, this mm. plays into your theory, Gareth, that yeah. all male characters in musicals are dipshits. Yeah, I, if they were that fucking smart, they would have survived, wouldn't they? I do have that? I do have that theory. Not not all, Don't. but there's. I mean, you just keep giving me musicals with dipshit males in it. So yeah, did you like that movie? A nice pleasant turn. Did so, I like the movie? Yeah, Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, as a, a Titanic savant. Oh, I, I, I when I was like, I came out when I was what sixteen. So oh yeah, it had titties. I loved in it. it. Of course, like, yeah. At the time. Um, we all loved it at the time because it had at titties time, in it. Yeah. yeah, we're all teenagers. Yeah, and you know Leonardo and Kate getting it on in the back of a 
Yeah. Of a Ferrari or whatever that car was. Something. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't you know, know what we should have done? There's another show that you might like, mm. um, Gareth, which maybe we should have got you to okay. listen to instead. Parade by Jason Robert Brown. Mm. He loved the last. Quite like that one. Well, yeah, he loved the last Jason Robert Brown one we did. Oh, which one was that? What was that? 13. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, I did not. No, I did not. Do not listen to that episode. It's terrible. No, I want, see what I want. And we talk about this so much on the show because I genuinely really enjoy the musical, but I'd, I'd really love to see a, a, a local Perth production or a touring of, of Come From Away <laughs> because I'd, I would literally take anyone to see that. It's, it's so funny because they're, you know, they're announcing um, all these other, all these other ones and, you know, oh, I mean, Hamilton's supposed to be coming. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure what's happening with that. And and they're making this all these big deals about all these other musicals. And I'm thinking, you know, there's just one that I really want to see. And yeah. Um, yeah so. Uh, so you haven't you haven't seen Come From Away, Gareth. You've only no. had the soundtrack. I gave the album five oh, stars. Right, I didn't realize. Um, now I think I will will tour to Perth because it's not a huge show, so the theatres mm. are big enough for it. Yeah, I, I, so I got a few. Obviously, we've moved on from Titanic, but yes. I got a couple of questions for you. Uh, uh, why didn't I pick the Full Monty? Sorry, that was a, I, I, a joke. Not, right. I got two men on my screen. Of course, I'm going to. Oh, okay. Gareth, was, don't do that. You look like a was Dave that a, Letterman. Was that a musical? The Full Monty. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That was a me. stage. Yeah. Really? It was um, called The Musical. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's yeah. a giveaway. Yeah. It was a joke because I had... Oh, never mind. I went over your heads. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, Gareth lightly touched on this before, but oh. what roles have you taken purely because you've needed the paycheck <laughs> that you've looked back on and you've just gone, why? I mean, you know why, obviously, but know. why can did you it even, have to hey, be? Can you even answer that if you want to work again, though? <laughs> <laughs> And before we find out that juicy answer, we're going to throw to a quick ad break. We'll be back in a moment with Doug Hansel. G'day listeners, Aaron here. While me and Gareth are taking a break, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts. The fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir, Guts, details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale, which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon or as Joan Collins's bedrockian daughter, but once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, grab your copy of Guts today. There is one show. Oh, no, actually, there, there are two shows that I don't put on my CV. One was like, it was years ago. I think more like, 12 years ago at least or something. Um, and I was, it was a remount, it was a co-op. So it wasn't even, I don't think I was even getting paid for it, but it was a remount of a show that had previously um, had some really great actors, actors that I really respected um, working on it and it had a great team and everything. And I mean, I guess the fact that none of those people returned for the remount should have been a red flag. Mm. 
but I kind of, um, I found myself cast in this play and I kind of went, and I always have this slight thing where I'm kind of like, maybe there's just something that I'm missing. Maybe there's something brilliant about this piece that I'm missing that, you know, and I'll learn about as I, I'll realize it's, you know, qualities as I go along. But then about three weeks in three weeks out from opening, I kind of went, I, I have to leave this production. I can't do this. And then the other part of me kind of went, no, you can't do that. It's, it's too soon. That would be unfair. That's an awful thing to do. Yeah. And then two weeks out from opening, I kind of went, I have to leave this production. And the same thing again, I'm going, you can't do that. That's just same thing a week before. I was like, and it's basically through the entire process of rehearsing the show, I was tr- trying to wrestle with whether or not I could get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And then got to opening night and it was just it was like I, I was the lead so i was going to cop the big the i was going to cop all the <laughs> flack for it anyway but it was just so badly written and and kind of there was parts of it that were really quite offensive and misogynist and and just really icky stuff and on the opening night i remember vividly kind of having this feeling of halfway through the show just feeling my feet turn as if to walk off like I was, I was about to walk off stage it was that bad and I had to do everything within my power to stop myself from from walking off stage thankfully no one saw it and um, it's been confined to the dustbin of history well that's not um, true so I don't the mention- YouTube footage right here <laughs> <laughs> no you don't no um, sorry no and um, so that's one I I like to forget about the other one I did um, was a show and at the time I was I was told, and I think this is true, that it was the biggest budgeted show ever put on at the festival. Something like in excess of four hundred thousand. Wow! Now that sounds ridiculous, but yeah. that that actually sounds. Now that I think about it, that sounds too ridiculous. That can't be right. <laughs> but it was whatever it was. It was really really expensive, um, and I just had everything thrown at it. It's a cast of fifteen people, and it was written by this very refined, distinguished, older wow. English actor writer. Oh, um, no, who? Man. No, I can't tell you. But he, <laughs> but right, he, <laughs> he insisted that he insisted that um, it was going to be this huge thing. There was all yeah. this interest in it already, and blah 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 blah. And we got to the opening week, and there were fifteen of us in the cast. And we just, at one point, I don't know how it happened, but like in an act of synchronicity, we sort of all just turned to each other in this one moment, and almost at, at all at once, sort of said, "This is shit, isn't it?" this is really bad. (laughs) And we were all just so relieved because we kind of had been carrying this secret suspicion that we were involved in a dog's breakfast, um, but just couldn't share it with anyone. And then, and then even after the reviews came out and it got slated, rightly so, he was, the director, was, the writer was still adamant that the reviewers didn't know what they were talking about. And it was, doesn't matter because it was going into the town anyway, it was going to make it. And it also just had a really dodgy title. So mm-hmm. for those two reasons combined, I don't put that one on myself. Nigel Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled that name out of my ass. Oh. Is he an actor? No, I know he's an actor. I'm just oh. I was, I was going to ask because I've, I hear I've never heard people talk about reviews more than musical theater people. Oh my god, yeah. And it all also it seems like and you know and I I deal with a lot of a lot of bands and a lot of releases and I I write reviews all the time of of live shows and and um album reviews and whatever. It does it really make or can that really make or break if you get a if you get a shitty review on opening night or opening weekend does do you really has it got that much gravity? I mean, it depends who it is, though. But um. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think if, for the simple fact that if if the review is correct, then the show won't last yep. anyway. And 
if the review sure. is positive, okay. yeah. then the show will already have attracted its own kind of um, its own following. I mean, yeah. here's a funny fact. When we opened Come From Away in Melbourne the first time, The Age gave the show, I think it was either three or three and a half stars out of five. When we opened this time mm. in Melbourne, The Age gave the show five stars. <laughs> now, it's Typical. the same show. Yeah. A couple of, you know, cast changes, but that doesn't affect the overall impact of the show. Um, you could say that the circumstances surrounding the return of the show were you gave it different resonance, but it's essentially, it's still the same show. So, and I've got a feeling that it might've even been the same reviewer. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but like, obviously New York has a really strong culture of theater criticism that is really mm. academic and kind of um, in tune with the- They're rock the, stars in their own right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, theater reviewers are known entities in, in New York. Yeah. And it's sort of similar in, in the UK. It actually it definitely is similar, like Michael Billington and people like that. Um, in Australia, I don't think we have... I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. There are some. There are a couple of really fine theatre reviewers, but I think the problem here yeah. is that... Yeah. Well, now we do with this podcast. <laughs> well, with this... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't count. It's... We're a relatively small industry by comparison and so everyone sort of knows each other and i think it becomes a bit dangerous when the person the the critic and i'm not suggesting at all that the critic can't be part of the fabric they are an essential part of the fabric but i think when they start um factionalizing with you know these are the actors they like and these are the you know these are the designers and, and directors and you know they that that kind of they become involved in well i think they've i think they've got to own that bias and sort of and yeah. And acknowledge that it may or may not exist um and i think that's there's nothing wrong with that but i think it's yeah it's when agendas start when you can't actually see the work for itself yeah i mean i know in in the australian metal scene and, and certainly in the perth metal scene i know a lot of people and i'm friends with lots of the bands uh, just because we we go to the same gigs and you know i won't yeah look i most of these guys they're not signed you know they they yeah they um they finance their own releases all that sort of thing but i won't review their albums because it's not fair because if they're, they're my friend yeah. um and i think and i've said it before i get i get sent a lot of stuff and it's if it's not in my genre i'll flick it on to someone else um yeah. because if i don't like it because i don't like the the music or the style of it—that's that doesn't mean it's a bad album. And but I, I'm not going to do it justice by um, either bullshitting or burying it. So yeah. And also, like there was there was a there was a couple of years ago. I don't think I don't know if it still exists. There was a review. I think it was called "Shit on Your Play" or something. And like that's just like what a funny title for a review. Like is okay. that what you're setting out to do? Are you turning up to the performance wanting to hate it? Yeah. And if so where's your contribution i mean i don't that's, know that that's might a have been hate gimmick, tweeting maybe. yeah i mean i might not have understood the gimmick behind that whole um that whole review pay blog but but the other thing too is that everyone is a reviewer these days like people just blogs and <laughs> guilty write blogs and and that's it yeah, so it's podcasts. it's distinguishing it's like press it's like it's like any media you know distinguishing what is real media and what is mm, yeah. opinionated kind of um static just um, a question about Titanic for mm. both of you. Oh. Which one of you two is going to draw me like one of your French girls? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
you've performed in a lot of theatres. So mm -hmm. which theatre across the UK or Australia has been your favourite to play in? Oh, uh -huh. oh that's really hard. Oh, I can't, I hate that question. <laughs> I can't think of, it's because it's like, I mean, every theatre is a, performing in the theatre is just a joint of itself. I mean, in terms of the, the architecture or the design of a certain theatre over another, that's really, I mean, in Australia, the Ros Packer Theatre is really lovely. That's um, Sydney Theatre. It's a really nice theatre to play in. The comedies, at least from the audience's perspective, is a really nice theatre to play in. Um, backstage. Not could so be, much. You know, little, but it's, you know, it's an old theatre, so. Yeah. Um, there's a really nice theatre, funnily enough, of all places in Orange, in New South Wales, which is okay. um, really quite a really impressive um, space. Um, I performed there years ago, so I can't, it's not like, it's not at the front of my memory. I think Canberra Theatre is quite nice. I've oh, Canberra is there. a theatre. Canberra is a theatre. There's a famous theatre in Hobart that is apparently haunted that I've never been to. I've never been to Hobart or Tasmania, but um, I quite oh. like to go and oh, it's beautiful. check that out. And it's the Theatre Royal and apparently, I, I think it might be the oldest theatre in Australia. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Theatre Royal in Sydney looks like when it's open. Um, yeah. I performed there in Freud's last session with Henry Zepps um just before it closed i think it's been closed a long time yeah. um and yeah apart from the the sound of the trains going underneath the seating bank mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah that's that's quite a nice theater it was and we're going to the capital in sydney which will be an experience in of itself so yeah. yeah i don't know i think that but i can't think of like the favorite my absolute favorite yeah. theater to play in that's a really tough question well, that is a small island, so maybe come from away will tour there since it's hey, thematic. Hey. I don't think many showers, uh, showers, many shows tour to Hobart, like ever. No, no. I don't know I've ever heard of any big Australian tour. No. Going, not even yeah. Phantom of the Opera. No. I no. It's a shame. Hobart's a beautiful place. Yeah, but I guess it's so close to us. That... It is close to Melbourne. It's like. Yeah. yeah, they can jump on the ferry and come yeah. over. Like, why do we have to go to them? They can come here. <laughs> Less of them. And, and are they even still alive? Like, what's happening with their COVID Tonight. stuff? Like, I haven't heard from them in a year and a half or a year. Oh my god, it has been a year now, hasn't it? Mm. I think okay, yeah. Oh shit! Just a, an off-the-cuff question. I asked Lisa this the other day. Um, do you feel because come from away? It has been, and I've seen a lot of theatre, as I'm sure you have. Um, and I don't know how many standing ovations you've given in your lifetime, but for me, I've given one and that was come from away. Right. Um, oh, wow. Even Billy Elliot, which I cried all the way through act one. I don't know why, like what a fucking sook I am that just yeah. the, the staging of it, the way they interpreted it. I, I was so yep. swept up in the theatrical nature of it. Um, mm -hmm. It was beautiful. And, and anyways, but come from away. I just naturally, I think I was one of the first people that stood up. However, I have noticed that audiences today seem to be very giving with the standing ovations. Come from away aside, we're not we're not including that. Have you noticed this trend that perhaps maybe it's being influenced by The Voice and Australian Idol, American Idol, reality TV, basically? Um, I don't. That's I don't watch any of those things, so I'm not really. I don't. I don't know what influence they have. I, I think there's, I don't think there's a huge lucky. crossover between the types of people that enjoy the voice and the types of people that go and see, you know, yeah. a 
a mammoth play or you know like whatever it is um i do think actually though there tends to be more i've noticed it more overseas like people overseas are more likely to stand up at the end of a performance and give a standing ovation um but yeah in in australia we do get them quite a lot in come from away which is lovely Mm -hmm. um the show i think careers towards that sort of inevitability and the fact that there's all this pent up energy that the audience only get three applause points and so by the end of it they're just ready to get out of their seat and and leap to their feet so it's kind of it's sort of built into the show in a way um but you guys um you guys are on a marathon in that show yeah yeah and we see that and we're with you guys from the very, very start to the very end. Oh, Mary Margulies um, tells this really funny story that she was out here doing her Dickens show and um, she got to the end of it. It's a one woman show. And she says that she said, that, I think she told this on the Graham Norton show, but she's said it in private too, that she was, doing, she was some theater in regional Australia and the entire audience leapt to their feet at the end of the performance, except for this one, one woman in the front row who's just sat there you know yeah i've heard this and yeah. Uh, yeah and miriam goes miriam goes literally in the in the during the curtain call she goes why aren't you standing everybody else is standing but you're sitting down it's rude and the woman apparently turns around and goes i stood up for derek jacoby that's my limit and miriam yeah. goes well that's fair enough <laughs> whether or not it's true it's a good story she's a real she is isn't she um i love her is is there anything else you wanted to say in your career writing directing costume making i think directing is probably an an, an inevitable next step i've done some directing at colleges um Mm -hmm. like drama schools and things like that um but that's yeah i think directing is certainly i think in my future um I'm doing a bit of writing now. I've during lockdown, during the pandemic, I've been doing some writing. Um, I've been sitting on this story that I've wanted to write, a play that I wanted to write for a number of years about Sweet. an Australian musician and um, his complex relationship with Australia and his mother. And mm-hmm. um, it's sort of it's a biography of someone, but it's um, uh, but yeah, no, and um, so that's that's sort of exciting. But I think the thing is, the thing that directing and writing give you that you don't always have as an actor is control over what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like um, you said, you, you should have a certain amount of autonomy once you're working on a role, but, um, but, you know, in terms of process and what you're able to do, you mm-hmm. know, writing and directing give you a bit more of that sense of agency, I think. Yep. And not, not costume making. Not costume making, no. Although can't so. You know, my friends have actually recently gotten me into. Um, I'm very late to the party, but my friends have really have gotten me into RuPaul's Drag Race, which I just Shit, you are late to the race. Watched. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. And but those and those those queens know need to know how to sew. Like if you can't yeah. sew, you're not going to get very far in the competition. I see. I, I look. I don't watch TV, but I I do watch Drag Race because they are so yeah. incredibly talented. Um, are, yeah. are, are you watching the latest season that's on or are you going back to yeah, the start yeah. no 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 no. we're just, just picking up where we're at picking up oh, okay you've missed a lot you've missed a yeah, half I'll have a to lot go back when I'm you will. Time. when I'm um, retired maybe so who's we'll call it now then because it will air before the finale who's going to win according to Doug Hansel oh see this is the thing now I have to now I have to out myself and say I have, I've missed a couple of weeks episodes so I can't remember is, right. is Rosé still in yeah Rosé still, still in, in? Candy Muse still in? 
Yes. Um, I said that hesitantly because I think I've just spoiled okay. something. <laughs> but okay, we'll go I with Rose. Remember. Go with Rose. Let's hear. That's your answer. Rose has been fucking okay, furious. Right. Yeah, you go with Rose. Um, awesome. Yeah. Gareth doesn't watch it because he's homophobic. Yeah, that is why <laughs> I don't watch it. Well, that's yeah. why I haven't watched it thus far as well. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm transphobic. I'm not homophobic. Don't like the gays. Yeah. No, not uh, trans is fine. Just the gay. The gays. Just the gays. Way. Okay. Well, at least you're not ganderphobic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, it couldn't be further. It couldn't be further away from Hello Dolly or Titanic or you know. Absolutely, yeah. But the genre of music, the style is pretty yeah. timeless, anyway. Yeah. So. Any of that other dirge. Well, as we were talking earlier, uh, so. Gareth, about swapping characters on the stage. It sort of plays into what Jane Caro was talking about the other day with the to suspension me. of belief. When an audience walks into oh, yeah. a theatre, they are automatically suspending that belief. And so we buy into these actors playing these multiple characters with very little costume changes. And I can't imagine if they're going to do this proper movie version, and I don't mean the, the pro shot, I mean there's a rumour that there's a going to be a, a proper film version it's on uh, uh, look at, at least it's on wikipedia so you know it's gospel <laughs> yeah uh, but anyways um i can't imagine in that they're going to do unless it's you know monty python or something like that obviously but... <laughs> yeah that's just a wig and a silly voice if you monty python to uh yeah exactly that's what yeah. they do they double up on yeah. characters and you see it a lot in yeah. theater like a hell of a lot mm. there'll be some shows that may have only eight cast yeah, members I, but I, there's 15 20 characters so it, it happens a lot yeah mm. yeah yeah and you don't get paid by the character so you know that's that's good <laughs> you're playing two roles here's one paycheck thanks yeah yeah producers love that i'm sure it yeah. pays off in split personality though mm. <laughs> all right should we swap um albums for next week yes uh well i think i had one more question okay no I'll ask your question no i won't ask it okay what? <laughs> so actually the question i was going to ask how long is this season i know you got you guys had like a year off at least yeah we're probably just about yep. it how long how long's this this run have they any idea by the time this goes to air we'll be in brisbane uh so we i think we open in brisbane on march okay. 28th and we're there until i think march 10th and then we've got a few weeks off and then we open in Sydney early June. I'm kind of riffing these dates off the top of my head, but I think that's correct. Yes, and you said March play... 10th, May 10th. Did I say March? Oh, May, May 10th. Sorry. Okay. To May 10th. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and then, yeah. So close in Brisbane, May 10th, okay. I think. And then mm. we go to, we open in Sydney in June and we play there for several months. Yep. And then Adelaide yeah. and Perth. <laughs> Damn it! I tried Adelaide. to trick you into answering Adelaide. Me. Adelaide for three three days in September, and then no, don't be mean about Adelaide. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? yeah. No, well, you know, it's so it's so tricky with border closures and and things like that, and especially over over here that they do like closing borders. So where you know any show that's happening in Perth is a local as a local show. So. It's the same with gigs. It's uh, yeah. It's it's all local stuff, and there's promoters trying to sort of do tours, and they're announcing it, and they've got dates, and then you just see it all. Mm. Just I'm sort of sitting there when they're announcing 2021 tours, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not um 
I can I can tell you right now, Guns N' Roses and Kiss are not playing in November 2021 mm. in an Australian mm. tour. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, keep keep your money, kids. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go to Come From Away instead. Save your money. Go and see that. Now you guys in Melbourne at the moment doing nine shows a week. What the fuck? Obviously to yeah, make up so for I lost time. They, yeah, for the lockdown. Yeah. Well, it, legally you're only allowed tiring. to do eight shows a week, so we get uh-huh. every. Every cast member gets swung out. It's called being swung out for yeah. one show where so the standby will take over. So you asked it, we are still only doing eight shows each a week, despite the fact that the production is is being staged yeah. nine times a week. Mm. Yeah. And I guess the the more we have surprise lockdowns, let's hope you don't have one as soon as you get to Brisbane, like in the first couple of weeks, because that'd be a shame to happen to you guys. Um <laughs> Well, we'll definitely be following the progress of the show on our very own show here because at least Come From Away is something that Gareth does fucking pay attention to. Shit, I sent him Anthrax recently and he didn't even pay attention. Did you? That was that mysterious envelope that rocked up at your house with the strange white powder in it. That was from me. Happy birthday. I thought you meant the band. Oh shit, wait, no, it's meant to be my birthday. (laughs) Do you know what I got for your birthday? Why, what did you get me? Do I want to know? Um, a ring a new album for next week so next week we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by one of Broadway's Mm. hottest composers and lyricists and playwrights he is a man that is so gracious to give up his time and we're going to be covering his musical Big Fish as well as 6am's Prayers for the Damned Volume 1 so we truly look forward to bringing you that interview next week and we'll see if you can work out who that is by the big clue there just like shooting fish in a barrel isn't it so i was gonna say did, did you get the were you given the choice doug of, a, of an album and you just went no, I, just said, I, I said i said i have no idea like i don't even know where to start and i think then aaron just said try this <laughs> but if you need help choosing or you need uh, help with that that gareth oh, yeah, that. You. all right because um, okay. he's meant to take charge of all that mm. Whereas right. I meant All right. to take charge of No, I won't, I won't worry about that question. Right. Anyways, this was just as disastrous as all my other birthdays. Oh. No, I'm kidding, because this year we were on a cruise ship for my birthday, and two years ago I was also on a cruise ship, so that's a thing, because you know I love cruising and talk about <laughs> it all the time. Get your uh... mind out of the gutter, Gareth. Shit. <laughs> Look, this is... I think, given the current situation, this is as close as you want to get to a cruise ship for a little while yet. Oh, no, man. I I can't wait to get out onto the open ocean. Just kick back, relax, fuck off society. I just want to watch the ocean, man. That's it. With an open bar. Yes, open bar and open buffet. (laughs) I I can't think of anything worse than going on a cruise ship, to be honest. Um, Certainly not one that just goes out to sea and back again. That... I, I think I'd rather do serious damage to myself than do that. Um, <laughs> well, the cameras. Maybe I'll save it to when I'm 140 yeah. or something. You know. Yeah. Actually, no. I tell a lie. There is. I would. I actually. Friends of mine did this, and I would love to do it. I'd love to cru- um, go on a cruise boat up the coast of Norway throughout the yeah. fjords and things. I think that would Beautiful. be sensational. Yeah. But the idea of going like on a cruise around, you know, the Pacific or whatever it is, I kind of go. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's for me. I, I did around Australia. Mm. Yep. Did you? Yeah, right around Australia. Yep. Was and, it good? Um, oh, it's fantastic. 
Oh, oh so my god! I... Okay. You are, you are. It, it Maybe is my a lot of fun. towards the idea of cruising is is keeping me is limiting me. Look, it is. I, I look. I I took some friends to New Zealand, um, and they didn't enjoy it, but they still right. they still like got into the experience while they were on it. But they didn't enjoy right. it because they're um, they're happy at a campfire, mm-hmm. so they're not right luxury is not their bag basically so right. if you're happy being pampered and and free food yeah. laid on free alcohol laid on yeah you know what i mean like if you're fine with that then sure. yeah then you'd be happy exactly no, no I, I do love cruising and that's um uh, but yeah on that trip we actually did the new zealand fjords like milford sound and doubtful sound and all that absolutely freaking gorgeous like you wouldn't believe it's like being at the end of the earth so looking out into the bushes, looking for little hobbits that look like Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone from New Zealand looks like me. Right. We all, look, we all look the same. You're looking awfully David Letterman at the moment. I'm. Oh, yeah. gro- I'm I've decided to grow because we had a, you know, five day snap lockdown. So I decided to just to you know grow my beard, <laughs> grow my beard a bit longer. There's no no reason for it other than yeah I go through stages. Whereas it's usually sort of. Not as you know, not as stylish as Doug's, but that kind of that kind of length. And then I then I go a bit longer. And um, he, he's as stylish because he's on stage, mate. He's got yeah, he's is a character. I know, I know that's all. It's all makeup. I know it's all this. Yeah, yeah. it's all special yeah, effects. Yeah. <laughs> latex and, and glue, wig glue. That's <laughs> what they use in Drag Race. But okay. yeah, okay, we should we should go. Yeah, but anyways, we should probably round up the episode. Yes, we should. We've kept Doug long enough from his beauty regime. <laughs> I don't know. It's been great, Doug. Thanks thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being a great sport and actually listening to the album. I didn't think you I didn't think you'd make it all the way through. So it's been you've been a- Um Yeah, no, I did, didn't I? I mean, I will say I never will again. Um, but I I will chalk it up to life experience. How about that? No, yeah. don't don't let him ruin it. I'd I'd hope you'd come back. <laughs> yes. Because you you <laughs> Seem like you've had a good time, and he's done this deliberately, yeah. Gareth. Oh, oh, don't you worry, mate. We're we're at the start of a war. We're about to go full throttle. Next week we have a Broadway composer. Game on. After Absolutely. today, he, after what he did to you, Doug, I'm fucking mm. pissed. <laughs> How dare he do that to my guests? Mm. Look at him. Ditto. He knows he's done wrong. No, ditto. I reckon it gives me. It's got to give me street cred. Absolutely. It's got to give some some kind of street cred. Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you won't have an awkward. Now, now you've got a conversation opening with your personal trainer's wife. You won't have that awkward silencing. So, yeah. I know. I know. It, yeah. Absolutely. No, but anytime you want to join us again, or you got something to plug, or whatever. Absolutely. You know, yeah. what, have you got anything to plug now? Obviously, if you're in Sydney or Brisbane, get tickets to come well, from away. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plugging that we're doing right now. And where can people find you on the socials? Uh, yeah, my um, my Twitter is just Doug Hansel, very straightforward. Uh, and my Instagram is What's Up with Doug. Yeah, What's very up good. with Doug? Well, the show will follow you. I don't run it once this episode goes to air. Great. Anyways, Gareth, got anything to plug? Um, head over to wallofsoundau.com and yep, you can. Yep. You're bing bong bonging again. It does that every time I go to plug myself. Can't hear a bloody thing, Elsa. You're frozen up. Yeah, it does that every time I plug myself. So, can you hear me? Hello. Barely. 
Really? You're frozen. Have I frozen? Anyway, I'm I'm okay yep. on my end. No. Nope. So frozen still. I'm okay. No. Nope. At least it's not a dope face this time. Yeah. Um anyway, head over to Wall of Sound <laughs> AU. Fucking NBN. Yeah. It's because Thank you. Thank you. It is. Yep. Anyways, Thank your recording you. will be fine. You just go ahead. Oh, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I'll shut up. Head over to head over to Wall of Sound AU.com and you can check out all my writings and musings and I've all my listings and yeah, so do that. Alrighty, you can follow yep. us at Thrash and Treasure on Twitter, at Thrash and Treasure Podcast on Instagram, at Thrash and Treasure on Facebook, and also be sure to buy the Toniston Tales and read the Toniston Tales and, and then go mm. online and you can rip shit into them because at least then I'll have had your money and <laughs> you can rip shit into them. We all win. Excellent. Support musicians, support live theatre, support stream theatre, support the arts, and be good to each other. Be nice to each other. We'll be back next week with one of the most funniest episodes we have ever recorded. I am still recovering today from it, so... Oh, and happy birthday to me! I'm 36 today. Fucking kill me now! (laughs) Happy birthday, Aaron. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Aaron. Oh, thank you. No one took their shirts off, it wasn't that happy. So I'm going to go (laughs) and sulk. I don't... Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think you're you're pretty. Yeah, I think you dodged a bullet there with me. So, anyways, all right. Um, that's it from a huge thanks to Huzzah. Mr. Doug Hansel for joining us. Thank you to Gareth, my co-host, and we shall see you next time. Who wrote? Bye. 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 Fantastic. Bye.